This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. Air Miles has backed off its plan to have old rewards points expire after five years. This, just before legislation to make that illegal became law. We'll speak with the MPP who brought in the bill. And it's that time of year when people are thinking about loved ones and being together for the holidays. Sometimes family functions inevitably lead to family feuds. We'll speak to a relationship expert with tips on how to get through this time of year. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Updating a story we brought you last week on a bid to give grandparents legal rights to see their grandchildren. That bill became law in Ontario earlier this week. There will now be a female face on Canadian currency besides the Queen. This week, the federal finance minister, Bill Morneau, announced that Viola Desmond will grace the $10 bill when it goes into circulation in 2018. Desmond is described as Canada's Rosa Parks. She was arrested and convicted after her decision to sit in a whites-only section of a Halifax theatre in 1946. Some residents of an old neighbourhood in East York are pushing to have the homes designated as historic, despite the fact that some of them are not in great condition. The houses are a reminder of post-World War II Toronto, many of them built in the 40s for veterans coming home from the war. Some residents are concerned that proposed developments for larger modern homes will ruin the character of what is known as Sunshine Valley, and they want the area to be designated as a heritage conservation district. William Shatner has appeared on screen, in film, and even released a spoken word album. You can add award-winning author to his long list of accomplishments. The 85-year-old Montreal native won the annual Goodreads Choice Award in nonfiction for his book, Leonard, My 50-Year Friendship with a Remarkable Man, detailing his history with fellow Star Trek actor Leonard Nimoy. The book delves into the two actors' shared backgrounds from their orthodox, kosher, Yiddish-speaking Jewish families to their Star Trek careers that span 79 television episodes, six feature films, and an eventual falling out. John Glenn, a war hero who became the first American to orbit the Earth and later served four terms in the U.S. Senate, has died in Ohio. He was 95. He was the last survivor of the Mercury 7, selected in 1959 as NASA's first group of astronauts. He became the first American to orbit the Earth on February 20, 1962. And before that, as a Marine fighter pilot while flying 149 combat missions during World War II and the Korean War, 
He was given the nickname Old Magnet Ass for his ability to draw enemy fire and keep his plane flying with huge holes blown into its exterior. He was awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross six times. John Glenn, dead at 95. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. It was something we at Zoomer Radio have taken a great interest in over the past few months. Air Miles reward points, set to expire at the end of December. It was something you told us was unfair, and that something should be done. Beaches East York MPP Arthur Potts heard you, and despite Air Miles announcing their points now would not expire, he went ahead with legislation to make sure that points from any loyalty program can't be taken away. Normally, a company would say, gee, we heard our customers, we realize you're not happy, we're so sorry, we're doing this now. There was no such thing. They said it was because your legislation was coming. Yeah, and to the contrary, they uh, actually became punitive. They're telling people that now they're going to diminish everybody's award values in order to make up for this loss that they've suffered as a result of them making this decision. And it's not a loss. It's a status quo for them to not have had a sustainable program. I don't think that's consumer's problem. That's what they were out there for. So when they talk about, you know, they've lost this revenue by not having the points expire, what in fact, they just haven't been able to, to take these points consumers. So we've maintained, they say, $250 million. That's just value that's been kept in consumers' hands. And what do you think of the fact that they cited your bill and not the feelings of customers? Definitely short-sighted. You know, once again, I'm, I'm concerned about and it's their problem about how they're reaching out to their customer group. If this is how they want to treat their customers, well, they won't be in this business very long. Customers have a long memory. It's tough to get loyalty back when you've lost trust. The people who collect the rewards are not their customers. Their customers are the sponsors who buy the rewards to pass along, right? They're the people like the Bank of Montreal and the LCBO, which is a provincial agency. So have you tried to be in touch with the LCBO about why they are paying essentially our money to reward us when the rewards are uh, just annoying us? Well, I can assure you that the LCBO's use of these points is under review. I would like them to have points generated uh, instead of to air miles to something more practical like taxi chits or presto fares or, or, you know, something across the province where people will be encouraged not to drive and drink, for instance, rather than just going to air miles. So I can say that's under review. We also had a letter from Sobeys, who are an air mile user, very unhappy, and I would be surprised if Sobeys wasn't considering changing their loyalty rewards provider. What do you mean it's under review? What do you know about the LCBO? I talked to the chair of the board of the LCBO, said I was concerned about this, that the government was being uh, associating with what people were considering to be a lack of loyalty or, or just concerned about the behavior that air miles was engaging in with their customer base, and we were wearing that. And she said, yes, we are reviewing that, and uh, we want our loyalty reward points to work for us. And so that's a conversation they're having with the board. Okay. And Sobeys, what did you hear from Sobeys? Well, Sobeys sent us a letter. They expressed a concern about it and that they weren't happy. So despite the fact that Air Miles, Loyalty One, were saying that all their suppliers were on board with what they're trying to do, it just isn't the case. Somebody was looking for a television set, and it was going to be about $1,700 plus 2,000 points. And at the brick, it was uh, actually a few bucks cheaper. 
without the rewards. No, exactly. And I think we'll be able to address that in the regulations. The bill gives us regulatory power to look at those kinds of issues, that if they're purporting that these have value, but they do not, I think the Consumer Protection Act should say something about that. How would that work? Well, I'm not exactly sure how the enforcement procedures would work, but there would be a clear statement in law that if they weren't giving the value that they said they were giving, then that would be an issue to be dealt with. We've seen a kind of groundswell on this that we rarely see on any other kind of issue. What do you make of that? I guess it speaks to the fact that they were completely off base. The last time I think I saw this is when they, a major soft drink company changed its formula and they just uh, engendered a whole bunch of pushback. What I have done with this bill is really just channel the energy that I was hearing out there. Other, other media people who were doing research and uh, consumer protection articles, people were just rising up on it. And I was able to channel some of that energy into a bill that, that obviously had an impact. Arthur Potts, thanks, and have a great day today. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was Beaches East York MPP Arthur Potts, who brought in the loyalty rewards legislation at Queen's Park. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review. Coming up after the break, we'll talk to a relationship expert on how to keep family drama-free over the holidays. You're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. It doesn't matter what you celebrate this time of year. One thing is common through most celebrations, family. And while it is a great time to catch up with Uncle Frank from Vancouver or Cousin Susie in Montreal, it can get a little crazy at times. With tips on how to shed some of that family drama, we turn to psychologist and relationship expert Sarah Dimmerman. We always anticipate that it will be merry and jolly, but really the thought of getting together with family members doesn't always fill everybody with feelings of happiness. In fact, for many family members, they actually dread the holiday times. Okay, so what are the biggest problems? Well, I think, you know, we grow up in families. Families are are imperfect just by nature. And when family members get together, we often trigger one another in the same way that we were triggered when we were little kids. So, you know, siblings can be in their 50s, 60s, and 70s and still triggering one another the same way as they did in terms of, uh, you know, mom and dad always preferred you more. So there's the same kind of triggers. It's often, you know, fighting between siblings, for example, and, and older parents having to or being in a position where they feel that they need to choose sides. One won't come if the other one will be there. Or maybe there's a relative that comes and makes a fuss at every party, maybe has a little bit too much to drink or says inappropriate things. And so you kind of dread those kinds of things happening year after year, but you feel this obligation to get together as a family because that's typically what you're supposed to do. What is your advice then? Are you telling people not to do that? Well, I think if you're just getting together with family members out of obligation and not because you want to, then you often have to rethink things and think, really, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this? Sometimes people are doing it because they have 
children in the house and they want to create a family get-together just to inspire this feeling of family. But if family's getting together and all your family is seeing or your children are seeing is fighting, then it's not a very positive time. So some families will actually escape it all and go away, for example, or they'll try something different. So families that I've talked to, for example, sometimes when they get together at the same house every year, that tends to create conflict. Maybe they're getting together at a sibling's house that the other sibling doesn't want to come to for whatever reason. So sometimes you've got to plan something different. So instead of meeting at that same person's house, maybe you want to get together at a neutral place like a restaurant where everybody's kind of on the same footing. And that way, maybe you can change up the dynamics. So sometimes it's a matter of just tweaking things to make something different. Sometimes, you know, one family member is always in charge of preparing everything, organizing it, organizing the potluck, or preparing the whole meal. And they do it every year, even though they really don't want to. So there again, maybe they decide, maybe they were preparing the whole meal. Maybe now they want to make it potluck. Instead of having a sit down, maybe they want to have an open house so people can come and go rather than everybody sitting together. Maybe they want to have it at a neutral restaurant so that nobody is in charge of having to do that. What about memories? Getting together for the holidays makes people remember old times. What is the good and the bad in that? So absolutely. I mean, getting together, I know that when my family gets together, we often pull out videos that we took when our kids were younger and my parents have both passed. So although it was very difficult to watch those videos, you know, relatively soon after they had left us, now when we get together as a family, we actually watch those old videos and we cry, we laugh, we remember good times and we remember our parents being there and just being able to see them moving in a video is is wonderful. Family members can really, they know the buttons to push and they often push them unintentionally or intentionally. But there's many good reasons to get together as family members too, as you said, reminisce about memories or even just to have the same old rituals are something that people often do look forward to. What about when something major has changed, when someone's gone through a death in the family or a divorce or something like that? And that happens all the time, of course. I mean, death is a natural part of our life. And so from one year to another, family members can leave us. And divorce is absolutely so common now that you're almost, you know, assured of somebody getting divorced in in a period of time. Often if there's divorce, for example, you get into a situation where you've invited your brother and your sister-in-law every year and now all of a sudden they're divorced and you feel very connected to your sister-in-law and you don't, and, but your brother doesn't want to have her in, in, the, in the room with him. And so, again, you know, it's difficult because you want to respect your brother because he's your sibling, but you also want to include. So you find other ways maybe of getting together with your sister-in-law at another time. So learning how to accept change, I think, is a very important part of what we need to do as human beings because change happens all the time. And even, you know, losing somebody to death and, as I said earlier, losing both my parents and getting together with my siblings for family occasions is, is very different. But each year, the first year is always the hardest after change because obviously the the void is greatly there but as the years go on you create new memories of the people that are remaining and trying to live in the moment and trying to enjoy what you do have and focusing on what you do have as opposed to looking at what you don't have or what's missing is 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 important too sarah dimmerman thanks for joining us thanks libby appreciate it and happy holidays you too That was psychologist Sarah Dimmerman on how to maintain a little sanity over the holidays. In a moment, 
He's been a star of the talk show circuit, the Broadway stage, even the winner of a celebrity dancing show. Donny Osmond celebrates his birthday when the Zoomer Week in Review returns. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your international arts datebook. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. We begin in England, where Leicester's Curve Theatre is once again displaying its unconventional programming standards with one of the most loved musicals of all time. Greece plays until January 21st. One of the most visited art museums in the world is celebrating its 30th birthday this month. Since opening in an old Paris railway station in 1986, the Musée d'Orsay has been visited by more than 35 million people. In Copenhagen, the Queen of Denmark has been working as a set and costume designer at the Tivoli Garden Concert Hall in preparation for launching a Danish version of the Nutcracker. It's full of anticipation, of positive anticipation, I would say. I can see that it's shaping well and that everybody is enthusiastic, I think. This is the 10th year running. Queen Margrethe II has designed a festive performance. And now open in Sweden's Lapland, Dreamscape, the world's first permanent ice hotel. It features 20 art suites, nine deluxe suites, beds made of ice kept at a frosty minus five Celsius, a staircase made of pure ice, and the work of more than 40 artists from nine different countries adorning the halls and rooms. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. This week, we celebrate Donny Osmond's 59th birthday. Donny was incredibly young when he first gained the spotlight singing You Are My Sunshine on the Andy Williams show at the age of five. And he became a teen idol in the 70s, recording songs like Sweet and Innocent, Puppy Love, and Go Away, Little Girl. One of the hardest-working entertainers of the last 40 years, Donnie never took much time off from performing, going from Broadway as Joseph in Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat to television. He and Marie hosted their own show twice to winning the show Dancing with the Stars in 2009. He's never really stopped performing through the nearly six decades he's been alive. He even recorded a Christmas album along the way, which is what we'll hear from now. Donny Osmond with I'll Be Home for Christmas. That's Donny Osmond's version of I'll Be Home for Christmas. He turned 59 this week. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week when we talk about why so many great Christmas songs were written by Jews. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Snymer. Produced by Dave Woodard, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads.
Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.